0: TED Audio Collective.
1: There's no part of me that has been able to detach content from being. And so I think that's why it was so hard for me to get on board with, you're, you're a meme. So I'm like, no, I'm not a meme. <laughs> I have a mom. <laughs> I adopted a dog. I have Bill. like, I am, I am three-dimensional.
2: I'm Dylan Marron, and welcome to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I take a negative online interaction or otherwise conflict-heavy relationship, and I turn it into an offline phone call. So brief side note, this podcast can now be consumed in book form. Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the book, is both a peek behind the scenes of this podcast, and it is also a guide on how to navigate challenging conversations of your own. This book is out March 29th, but you can actually buy it right now through the link in the description of this episode. And with that, book promo is over. Let's get on to the podcast. I'm getting quicker at these. Okay, here we go. Chances are you know today's guest even if you don't know you know today's guest. Milana Veintraub is a writer, director, and actor who you might recognize as the fictional AT&T employee Lily in AT&T ads everywhere. Her face can be seen in commercial breaks, digital ads, and billboards. And her face is, as many faces are, attached to her body. And her body is something that a number of internet users feel entitled to comment on. In fact, commenting on her body became a meme, repeated over and over again like a cruel digital refrain wielded by a swarm of online commenters. One of these commenters is a teenager who, over a year ago, wrote a private message to Milana on Instagram Stories invoking this misogynistic meme. Almost immediately, Milana wrote back, and she engaged him in a text-based chat. But they have never spoken to each other on the phone until today. Now, due to his age, we've obscured this person's identity. His voice, as you're soon going to hear, is distorted, and he has chosen to go by the alias Onyx. So first, I'm going to chat with Milana, then Onyx, and then, in the second half of this episode, I will finally connect them to each other. So, to kick things off, here is Milana.
1: Okay, recording.
2: And then you know what? I'm also going to record on this Zoom experience. Did you hear the?
1: Yes.
2: Um, okay. So, my queen. Before we get in, it's a bright early morning. How are you? How are you feeling?
1: Good, I think.
2: Okay, so early morning. Are you a morning person?
1: I have a deep love for the morning. <laughs>
2: an admiration for yeah
1: i uh i respect morning time <laughs> i think sometimes i can channel morning creativity which feels really good mm-hmm. you know like when it's just like a little chilly and you got to put mm. on a sweater and write yes. something down like yes, that's a yes. nice little vibe <laughs> yeah um i what i also have is a baby
2: I, oh my and god
1: <laughs> that makes sleep Hit or miss. Yeah. Thus morning, my relationship to the morning has definitely changed.
2: And it's like, what is a morning anymore?
1: What is time? <laughs>
2: honestly, don't know. I no, don't know.
1: I I can anyone answer that?
2: But you definitely don't know what time is right now. You're like,
1: I I live in shifts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you live to serve this new human being that you've created. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Okay, we love that. Um, so just before we get in tell me about you. What would you like us to know? How do you identify? How do you identify mm. professionally, creatively? What gets you excited? You can answer this question however you want.
1: Um, I'm mostly just a person that likes to talk to people at grocery stores. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: And professionally, I Act and I write and I direct. I work with a refugee aid nonprofit. That's like not something I could say professionally, but takes up a good amount of my time. Yeah, so, like, totally. uh, might as well. Um, and also, I really love art and painting and architecture. Mm-hmm. And Poetry books are just (laughs) tiny, you know? Like, I like having a poetry book by the toilet. I like having a little poetry book by the coffee machine. Um,. I like reading them out loud to my partner, even if he's busy doing something else and doesn't care. Um, mm-hmm. I've had the same friends forever. So that's that's who I am.
2: I love that. So kind of getting back on track, I could talk to you forever, but we are here to record an interview. Let's do it. So you're an actor, writer, director. This work has led to some really big opportunities including that you act in and direct the new slate of AT&T commercials that are out. In fact, I would suspect that many people listening have seen your face before, whether they knew it or not, watching an AT&T commercial.
1: And for that, I am sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the amount of times that people have had to see my face <laughs> against their will, for that, I apologize. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the official apology, you heard it here first. <laughs> and that's really what this is about, apologizing <laughs> for you showing your face to us. Um, <laughs> and thank you, that's it. That is the end of this Good episode. Night. Yeah, this and- this is good and, uh, night. Um, I hope there's you actually accept- no other guest. It's just- <laughs> um, Back on track. So, this opportunity, I assume, has many amazing consequences. Totally. But. This is the modern digital age. And
1: <laughs> and this is your podcast.
2: And this is my podcast. <laughs> um, so we have to contend with the fact that exposure is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And it comes with some very negative consequences, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When did you start feeling those negative consequences? Uh,
1: you know, just... Because I am a face on TV a lot for commercials, I started getting a lot of unwanted attention around my looks and body. And I started to feel objectified against my will. Like, as an actor, I am in some ways saying, like, I am a puppet here for you to objectify. You know, I am this object. Here I am. Look at my wobbly arm. Yeah. And then in other ways, I'm like, Well, two things. One is it it becomes not just comments on my body, but it becomes actions Mm. that people want to take towards my body. So um, around uh, August of last year, 2020, some promotional images were released where it was my full body. Mm -hmm. And I think that once I became somebody with a body. <laughs> I don't know, people's brains broke. I, I'm not sure what ha- I don't know what would make so many people feel like it was okay to comment the gross, icky, objectifying things that they did to me. But particularly the term that was used that I think is really gross is um, mommy milker. Mm. And as someone who understands the sacred beauty of feeding a baby, I'm even more offended by it, like as a as a woman who like wants to support women who need to feed their babies in public or whatever else they decide to do. Um, and like the mommy milker gimme gimme, mm. eh, as I say it, I'm like, eh, about it, is that it's a kind of like grubby, hands-on way to talk about my only body. Mm. And that it feels like people are like reaching out to touch me or trying to. It's not like, wow, you look beautiful here. Or even like, fuck, you look so fucking hot here.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, your mommy milkers give me this. Give it to me. Yeah. That is, um, it, it feels like um, I have to keep saying no.
2: Yeah. Um, so we are here to talk about a specific message you received. If I'm understanding correctly, this is a DM you received on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And are you comfortable with me reading the com- the message aloud? Yeah. Okay, great. So you received the following message in a DM on Instagram. Hey, okay, so this is voiceover Dylan coming in with a quick clarifying detail that I actually didn't mention in the interview. This message was in response to a tweet that Milana had shared on Instagram stories about systemic injustice. I realize that is a lot of words I'm throwing at you, so to put it more simply, Milana had made a political, awareness-raising post, and this DM was in response to that post. Just wanted to give you that context. Okay, let's get back to it, where interview Dylan is about to read the message aloud. Yo, people follow you because they found out you have big tits. No one cares about your political— Sorry, there's a typo. No one cares about you, political standpoint. It's not that I feel like this stuff, it's important. Stuff like this is extremely important for building it better tomorrow. I just don't want to hear it from you. Stay if you fucking lane. I think that's supposed to be stay in your fucking lane, milk woman. How did it feel to receive this message?
1: It was it was hurtful for two reasons: one is this um you know just um just the term milk woman is mm. i just I'm like so over it and 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 hurt by at the time I was really hurt by it now I think I've healed a little bit of that, but then the other thing is. I feel really strongly about the issues in the world and kind of the only reason I've ever wanted a social media following is so that I can affect change. And for him to say, it's not your place to affect change because you have big tits. Mm. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but because it was about like, Your activism, the change that you want to make in the world doesn't matter. That's Mm -hmm. what really hurt me.
2: Right. And then you did something interesting, which is that you decided to respond to this person. Did you respond right away?
1: Yeah, I think I did.
2: So in talking to this person who wrote this, what are you hoping to get out of this experience?
1: I just want to understand him more Mm. Uh, and and not just him but but you know people who write these kinds of things
2: well you have come to the right spot that (laughs) is what the intention is here yeah all right so i will go talk to him and then i will connect the two of you to each other does that sound good sounds great can't wait after speaking to milana i start coordinating with this person exchanging messages back and forth, and then, finally, we set up a time to talk. So I can get a sound level. Can you tell me something inconsequential like, uh, you've chosen the name Onyx as your alias here today. What made you choose that name?
0: I just, I really like the name Onyx. One of my favorite games. It's called Brawlhalla. It's a fighter game where you can choose these different champions that you want to be. And one of my favorite is Onyx, because uh, I'm terrible at the (laughs) game. And so he's really the only one that I can play.
2: You know, I love owning up to these things. I love it. Okay, so that's perfect. So Onyx. So, again, we're not using details, so we're not using exact locations, and we're not using names of anywhere. Um, But... I would love to know a little more about you. What's your daily life like? What is a normal week like in your world?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how many high school students you usually have on this interview, but my average week usually consists of waking up 15 minutes before my school bus comes, uh, <laughs> going to school, doing classes, mm-hmm. uh, and then I usually go home. On the weekends, I usually hang out with people, but during the week, it's it's pretty strictly. Uh, you go to school, you come home, you do your homework, you go work out, and then you go to bed, repeat. What is
2: your, what's your relationship to social media? When did you get on it? And how do you, how do you use it?
0: I don't use social media a lot other than the portion of it which you use to communicate. I have, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff, uh, Discord. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll use like Instagram DMs, but I don't really post anything Mm -hmm. ever. I mean, when you're my age, really the biggest way to communicate is through social media, which kind of sucks. I'm I'm a very in-person kind of person. But really any kind of platform where you don't have to be in person to say certain things will in some way be... Just a terrible, terrible place. Yeah.
2: Well, you've come to the right show. This I is, have. in fact, all that we explore. So this is wonderful. So I'll start here. When did when did you become
0: aware of Milana? Well, little story time for you. I'm ready. About maybe a year ago, Milana was going through a little bit of a hard time
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because she had been in a lot of you know AT T commercials and uh, people. Started finding her Instagram started finding her outside of Mm -hmm. you know her in a work suit and Saw that she had large boobs Uh, and uh, At that time there was a really big Meme, I don't know how to explain it. It it was an ironic kind of meme where if someone had big boobs like they had milkers, Hmm. Uh, I believe it all originated from this one video and it was like it it, it it was a video that went something under the lines of "I okay I have this this anime idea right so so first there's this anime girl and she has really big milkers and I mean some real like haba balloons or something I can't remember the actual thing but it, it sparked this whole meme mm-hmm. this whole mommy milker whatever the fuck I thought it was stupid, but... Uh, but the,
2: uh, the whole point of a meme is that, you know, like, you you just repeat it, and I, I understand.
0: Yeah, like, memes in many ways are almost like uh, inside jokes that you're able to tell with the entire world.
2: Yeah, it's a good way to put it.
0: And Molana kind of got caught in the crossfire of that in many ways, and people found out she had big and just spammed her with shit about her boobs
2: just so i understand was this meme directly related to her or rather because this was already a meme and you were aware of her
0: then it was already a meme before her
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: she progressed it definitely how so uh because she became the target of the Mm -hmm. meme in many ways
2: it's interesting that you say that she progressed the meme just by existing yeah yeah but that, I feel like that kind of puts an unfair agency on her for progressing this thing that that she had no say in, and in fact, kind of became the the victim of at the bottom of a pylon.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that that really is the price of having any amount of fame or influence online. Like, like the, in many ways, that is the price that you have to pay.
2: Um, so, yeah, so I, okay, so here, here we go. Here's the message. Um, so you said, quote, yo, people follow you because they found out you have big tits. No one cares about you. I think that's meant to be your political standpoint. It's not that I feel like this stuff is it's important stuff like this is extremely important for building a better tomorrow i just don't want to hear it from you and then you said stay if you fucking lane i think that's stay in your fucking lane milk woman (laughs) wow
0: that's that's a lot to unpack there (laughs) there is
2: a lot to unpack because you're like this stuff is politically important
0: yeah like I I completely supported the things she was saying. I just thought it was stupid that it was coming from her. Why? I think the idea of infographics, I think the idea of uh what, what's what's the word? I feel like I've had a stroke. No, uh, no, no. You're what's, your what's activism it called? uh yeah, activism, activism, social activism. I think that is the stupidest thing ever. Interesting. And it and it does absolutely nothing. Social media activism specifically. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not action. It's not activism. It's just people saying things. Hmm. And, and that's, that's just for anyone. That's not just like an attack on Molana. That's just anyone.
2: Do you remember at all like what was going through your head? Like what what were the circumstances of your time when you sent this message? You were just scrolling to paint the picture for, for what that was like.
0: I don't exactly remember what I had been doing at the time. I def- It was definitely a school night. I remember that Mm -hmm. uh, because I had a ton of homework to do, but, uh, so I have ADHD and at that time I was on Ritalin, Mm -hmm. still am, (laughs) but you get very angry, uh, during Mm. the come off. Interesting. You cannot eat, you cannot sleep, kind of sucks. Uh, you get work done, but it kind of sucks. And so at that time I was just, I was in a mood, I had things to say, I wanted to say them. I did not care who heard them, and I didn't. I I wanted people to know my opinion, mm-hmm. and the filter that you usually walk around with the the filter that you usually carry with you in your day to day life it was off mm-hmm. for whatever reason that night, and so I'm 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 just saying whatever, and so yeah, that's that's how it happened.
2: And if I'm reading it correctly, tell me if I'm making the wrong assumption. But it sounds like you thought you were kind of just sending this message out into the ether. It was never going to be read, and it was just being launched into cyberspace.
0: Yeah. And if it wasn't, I didn't think she was going to give me the time of day, because I wouldn't. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I would not care what a, at that time, 15-year-old child had to say about the things I was posting. Hmm. So it it was a little it was a little strange for me. Even now, I still I still don't really see why anyone would really care what I have to say. I'm not really I'm not really that important. Hmm. I'm actually quite the opposite.
2: Why why do you say that?
0: I compared to the vast majority of individuals in this world, I have a substantial substantial lack of worldly information. Maturity, uh, wisdom—you may say—and uh, at that time, it was—it was even worse.
2: You—you you just hit into exactly what I think all humans are kind of dealing with, because I think we're all asking, like, "What do I matter?" And then I think, especially the internet brings that into focus, because you're like, there are so many of us, you know, like, what I'm just a speck, and I think that what's really hard is that we don't realize like the impact we have on the internet. So you assume like, I wouldn't care about me, so why does she care about me? Whereas I think we don't even realize the power that we have when we message someone anything. And the fact that no matter how many followers they have or no matter what blue checks or verified version follows their name, like many people care about what other people say about them. Um, and you know, as a fan of you, I'm going to say you do matter not to make this too cheesy
0: or anything, but, uh, thank you, Mr. Dillon. There are, there are no words within the English language, which (laughs) which could describe how flattered I am that you care about me. I
2: genuinely think you matter. And I'm saying this very sincerely, um, I feel like when you have a conversation with someone, you're like, well, you're a human being to me now, and that means that I care about your existence. So just know that. And I think that it's easy to forget that online when we can slip in and out of DMs and we can just message people and stuff like that. Um, But I'm curious, do you see that this message... Could have hurt her. Could have offended her. Do you see how it could have hurt her or offended her?
0: I mean, words are words. Words can hurt people. Hmm. Like clearly, clearly there was there was something there that kind of struck a chord, so yeah. to speak. But I wouldn't be able to put myself in that kind of situation. Partly because I don't care what people tell me on the internet. You know, I you know I say this now, uh, and the other part mm-hmm. is I've never been in a position where I had large amounts of people telling me that I sucked every single day. So yeah, you know, I it, there, there's a there's a bit of a wall there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you thought about what you're going to name this episode?
2: No, it'll come out of our conversation.
0: Oh man, I know. Have you spoken to Melania? I have. You have. The suspense is killing me.
2: All right, now that I've spoken to both of them separately, it's time to connect them with each other. Hello. Hey, how are ya? Doing pretty good. All right, Milana is here, so you're recording? I am currently recording. Oh my God, I am recording too. I'm going to admit Milana to the room. All right, you feel good? I'm a little
0: nervous. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's okay it's all good it's i'm i feel the same way i feel always excited and jittery and then at the end we're all gonna be best of friends so this is great I'm um, all right i'm admitting her here we go Hi. their conversation is coming right up but first let's take a quick break Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. Okay, we are back. Now, Milana and Onyx have just exchanged spoken words with each other for the very first time. Let's continue. We're all here. Hey, we're all here. Um, so, Milana, Onyx, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to know each of you separately on our solo calls and our unrecorded calls before that, but you know, separate from this comment, separate from what we're here to discuss, or or this DM. I would love for you guys to just get to know each other. So, Milana, do you want to go first? Tell Onyx a little about you.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Lay it on me, girly. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I am. I'm just an improviser. (laughs) I'm just like
2: a. You just heard all of this stuff. So in the name of not repeating information and respecting your valuable time, I'm going to speed us ahead to a question that Onyx had for Milana.
0: As as a bit of an icebreaker, when you came onto this podcast, I obviously know what you would look like. But in regards to me, I was just a faceless entity on the internet. So what were you expecting?
1: I um I actually did know what you looked like because when you first wrote me, your profile wasn't private. And one of the reasons I reached out to you and, you know, not the many other people that messaged me was because I could see your humanity in your photos. I could see that you're a kid and uh, that you were hanging out with girls. And so part of that for me meant that you knew how to respect women or that you could see them as people.
0: Always nice. Always nice to have.
1: Yeah. And so you seemed like someone I could reach. You seem like someone um, that isn't just I don't know. Um just like two-dimensionally mean. I felt like I could see some of your depth through your photos and through like the relationships that you were projecting online. So I did I I did know what you look like. You look different now, because I haven't I mean it's been a while, but um Cool.
2: Milana, just so Onyx can hear, was there another reason that you wanted to reach out? Was there a way to maybe like kind of squash the you know feeling of fear that sometimes happens with with random internet messages?
1: Well, so Onyx's messages and all of the other messages I receive from people I don't follow go into a separate folder that I don't see. And I, I'm so grateful that that's even a feature <laughs> that I do not have to see so many of those messages. But around this time... I was getting death threats and you know, people were like showing up to old addresses that they could find online. And I was really scared, um, like really, really, really scared. And, um, I started reading the messages in that other folder, as a way of seeing if there were other threats, as a way of just informing myself if there was anyone else out there that I needed to know about or report or something. And um, yeah, and I was just hoping to get to the root of it to make it stop.
0: So before you said any of this, to myself, to really anyone who was just watching from the outside, you wouldn't have seen the death threats. You wouldn't have seen the people going to old addresses, et cetera. And so up to this point, I thought it was a meme. I came into this podcast thinking it was going to be a conversation about letting the internet get to you. But with with this information, it's, it's very hard to try and say anything that would present the idea that I would know what to say. And I obviously have never experienced what you went through. I hope I never will, and if I had known that it was like, oh, this girl is getting death threats, these people are stalking her, showing up at her house, saying they're going to rape her, it would have changed the way that I presented myself, or at all. So, from me to you, I apologize.
2: Milana. how does that feel to hear?
1: Um, There's so much. Uh One is thank you for the apology. I totally accept it. The second is even you just hearing it come out of your word, your mouth of, um, you know, uh, using the word like stalkers and rape. I am immediately like on the verge of tears. <laughs> um, because it's like, it's not a so distant past event and it's, um, it was just so hard. And I was pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it was all really, really, really intense. Um, so yeah, I, I understand that you didn't know. I did do some lives where I, um, talked about how much I wanted it to stop.
2: These Lives that Milana is referring to here are a series of Instagram Live sessions where she would go on and talk about the abuse that she was receiving. And if you're unfamiliar with what a live is, it's basically a live broadcast from your phone that other Instagram users can comment on in a constantly updating scroll that viewers can see at the bottom part of the screen. Okay, now you know the architecture of that and what they're referring to when they say Lives. Let us continue.
1: I did respond to some comments here and there, but I, um, yeah, I don't expect everybody to know everything I say on the internet. So I think it's fine that you didn't know.
0: In general, when I watch these, because I watched quite a few of these lives and from someone watching that, you would see that and think, oh, this is just someone that can't take a joke. This is just someone that, you know, is letting, you know, the meme get to them. And it's...
1: Sorry, it, can I it, can I interrupt? Yeah. I just want to understand what the joke is.
0: Because I work
1: in jokes. Yeah. I, I literally work in jokes. Yeah. And I want to mm-hmm. understand what the joke is.
0: So I believe it started from this anime Vine where someone said, okay, I got this idea for this new anime. And this... Cute girl walks in and she's got just enormous boobs. I mean, real milkers, absolute baba love woes or whatever. And just continuously getting more and more elaborate with the way of saying boob. I believe that's where it started. And then you were kind of caught in the crossfire. Because people were just figuring out, oh, the 18 t girl exists as a real person. And oh, she has, you know, large tits. And you—you you were a significant part of the meme, and to us, it was just a joke. Like we think boob is funny, <laughs> and this liberal, lived hard girl just can't take a joke and is getting angry. And so we're going to continue because we think it's funny to get a reaction. It was, it was it was a troll scheme? Like kids, really, mainly my age, just wanted were bored and we're just like. I'm going to go troll this girl on her life because I think it's funny because I want to be a part of this inside joke of, oh, let's make fun of this girl with huge tits. But it's devastating to kind of see how a meme that has devastating and lasting effects for the person for years. And it's strange because I didn't even know. Mm. I truly like it was, it's always just been like a meme to me. Mm. It's been a meme to the whole of the internet. And so, just hearing about what it actually meant for you, it, it's it's hard to hear, and it, it's it's created a much deeper sense of respect and a much deeper sense of empathy. Not exactly sure what to say. Don't exactly know what words to say to help or make things better. I don't know, but it's. It, it's, it's opened my eyes a lot. And it's, it's certainly going to change the way that I think about the way that people are treating on the internet.
2: Yeah. I, well, I think, Onyx, what you're getting at is, like, I think this is the harm of memes and pylons because, like, memes and pylons and jokes, they're really so fun for the people who take part in them, and they're so fleeting, you take part. You forget that you took part. You forget that you sent a message at all. You—it's—it's so. It costs so little of yourself, of your time, of your energy to send this. And if anything, it gives you something. It gives you a sense of belonging to this joke. You know, um, Onyx on our. When I spoke to you one-on-one, you referred to memes as like a huge inside joke that a lot of people get to be part of. And that's totally what they feel like. And then you forget about the inside joke and the joke is overplayed. I think what we're all contending with as like a species now is that there are very real Victims of these jokes. And that even something that comes from a funny vine, the the people who then become targets of that funny vine or targets of a repetition of that funny vine have to live with the consequences. And I think we're all contending with this. We're all figuring out how to live in this new reality. And Milana, you very much became... Well I think you you were a victim of the natural and horrible misogyny that just permeates most internet spaces but then you also you had to feel this so acutely and you had to deal with it yourself essentially because there's there's very little support system for this how does that feel to know that it was part of this like meme that was born on vine <laughs>
1: even so know was, Vine was I a I thing was a anymore.
2: Wait, wait, sorry. Say that again. Um, you don't think it was a Vine,
0: Onyx? I don't think it was a Vine. I think it was just a video.
2: Okay, so a video. But, Milana, how, how Like, how do you even process that?
1: Um, The way that I see and experience the internet is so different. Mm. And it's probably because, you know, I'm a good, like, 10, 15 years older than you. And... I started making YouTube videos kind of at the beginning of YouTube. Mm. So for me, I, I always felt like there was a person behind the, the camera. So I don't have this detachment mm. of like, this person becomes a meme. It's like, no, this person has a family <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, or this person. Has a job they have to show up to. This person is figuring out how to pay their bills. This person is figuring out how to break up with their partner. Like this per there's so many. This person has a mom. <laughs> like there's no part of me that has been able to detach content from being. And so I think that's why it was so hard for me to get on board with you're you're a meme. hmm Just forget about it. You're a meme. Just be be a part of the joke. you're a meme, it'll pass. And I'm like, no, I'm not a meme. (laughs) I have a mom. (laughs) I adopted a dog. I have built. Like, I am I am three-dimensional. So yeah, I think that's that's when we talk about like some of the pain of the internet, it's the distance that it creates between people to make them not see each other as people.
0: To us, us as in the internet, we cannot perceive you as a human being, in a sense. (laughs) You you are, it's, you're, you're an entity, you know, you are the content creator, we are the content watcher, we, we experience, you create, you're something that we fill our day with whenever we're not doing something that we find necessarily meaningful. The people that were on your lives, the people that are posting milk emojis They're doing that because they're bored, because they don't have anything better to do with their lives. If they did, they would be doing that. And when I sent you the message, I couldn't even see us having a conversation because we are on totally different levels. But the thing that you, I think would help you understand and help you heal is the fact that to us, none of it really mattered.
1: You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, the time that that guy assaulted you in the subway, I know it well, like had an effect on you, but if it makes you feel better, just know that it didn't really matter to him.
0: It, it, it sucks. It is truly terrible. I would not wish what you went through on my greatest enemy. I have a mother. I have a girlfriend. I have many female friends. Knowing just even a fraction of what they've went through with people sending unsolicited pics, people sending this, people sending that creepy people on the internet. And hearing the things that you experienced, having to experience that on a large scale, I couldn't even fathom it.
1: So can you help me understand, why did you decide to write me a private message?
0: Well, it's it's a little hard to send you something in a live of 10,000 people. And whenever you send someone a direct message, it's like you're sending that to the person whenever you're part of a live or whatever, you're just part of the mob. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect for any sort of response. To to me, I can't even comprehend why you would care. Truly.
1: Well, uh, before I, I'm happy to tell you why I care. But before that, I just want to understand why did you want me to receive that message?
0: Because it's the way that I felt. What I sent you was in regards to some sort of issue that was going on in the United States or international. I don't really know. I can't remember. And I was trying to say that, like, you're shouting into a bubble in many ways. And this is not you. This is everyone. It had nothing to do with the meme. It had nothing to do with your boobs. It had nothing to do with anything. It was like, to me, the idea of sending an infographic to raise awareness, it's stupid to me. I've Never understood it. And that—that's what I was trying to say.
1: So you were trying—you—you you were trying to to save me from wasting my time.
0: In a way, yeah. Like I mean, that's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a bit of a crude way to put it. I didn't think you were going to respond. I didn't think you were going to see it. I was just shouting into to avoid. It, it wasn't something that I actively thought I would like to hurt this person. I hope that the words that I've said, whether if they hurt, I am—I am truly sorry. But I feel like. You knowing the truth is what, and you hearing the terrible truth of the internet is really what
2: you deserve. Milana, what, ha- let's start very specific. Have you been hurt by anything that, or multiple things that Onyx has said on this call?
1: Um, you know, I've been hurt by just reliving it. <laughs> it hurt, I, not I have been hurt, but it does hurt to just talk about rape threats it's not a fun thing to revisit um and I I'm sorry I can hear my baby crying and I just need to I'm just so sorry go check
2: um while she's checking on that is what can I do how are you feeling just checking in on you
0: feeling a little weird yeah yeah I feel guilty for something I didn't do.
2: You feeling guilty for the big mob stuff. Yeah. I mean
0: Is the child okay?
1: Yes. The child is fine. Here I, I just Yeah. Oh go ahead. You first. Well, I don't um hold you responsible for the mob. If you feel bad about the behavior of what to me felt like millions of people, but was probably maybe thousands. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I relinquish you of that guilt. You do not need to carry it. It is not yours. But I really appreciate your caring. I really appreciate you caring. And, you know, I'm going to hold myself accountable too for, I think what was an illogical expectation maybe of this call. Maybe it was just too damn optimistic. I was really hoping to just make the world a little better. <laughs> and I was really hoping to talk to you and, um, y- you know, kind of like how you can't understand why I care. I have a hard time understanding why you would take the time to write a message to somebody that is hurtful, that's using demeaning words, that's telling them that their opinions don't matter. And then saying, why do you care that I wrote that? Um, Or I didn't expect you to ever read it, but I took the time to send it. You know, so there are things that I just, you won't understand me. And I know that I'm going to have a hard time understanding you. And also in terms of like the bigger conversation, I do really appreciate you explaining a lot of that to me. I didn't know about the meme, the mommy milkers video, but it was just directed at my body. And that's why it feels like assault is that it was thousands of boys talking about things that they wanted to do to me that I did not invite them to talk about. And I am a survivor of sexual assault, as most women are, unfortunately. And to have people say, you got big tits, so we're going to talk about it. There is this, there's this um, idea that there is like something I did that made me or something that I have um, that made me deserving of this kind of conversation. You know, me being in the public eye, um, me having this body that made it so that this was kind of inevitable for me. But it's, it's kind of in essence, victim blaming. (laughs) It's kind of in essence saying that there is something somebody did that made them deserving of assault. And I think that that is always a broken um, statement. I think it's not true. I don't think there's anything anyone could ever do that would make them deserving of assault.
2: Can I pause us here? Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like the theme of what we're talking about is not knowing our impact. So Onyx, for example, you keep saying... Like, I don't know why you'd ever want to talk to me. Like, I I don't know why my opinions, ideas matter. And I think that might be at the crux of what we're dealing with, which is to say, like, you do matter. I mean, I think in the messages we send online and the comments we write online, we don't realize our impact. I think we can feel like a tiny little cell in the vast ocean of the internet, but there is in fact a lot, we have an impact. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there has been friction on this call that I totally didn't expect from, you know, our solo calls. And I think it's because we're almost kind of having two different conversations, right? One is someone was hurt and someone, this other person can't comprehend how their insignificance and heavy quotes in that could even hurt that person. But just to focus it in these final moments, I want to know specifically what we want to, what we want the other person to know about us, just that one thing you want the other person to know about you. Milana, do you want to go first?
1: Um, I just want you to know that I'm a person and that um, the communications that I experience online are personal, feel personal to me. And I try not to treat people differently online than I would treat them in person because the consequences feel the same to me.
2: Um, And then Onyx, one thing you'd like Milana to know about you that you maybe feel hasn't been fully expressed or understood on this call?
0: Something I'd like you to understand about me walking away from this conversation is... First and foremost, I was never really a part of the meme. Two, I did not know how it was affecting you. Three, I would like you to know that this conversation has opened my eyes to a lot more and in general will make me think more in the future of how I treat others, the way that I think of others. Having to speak with you face to face has changed uh, my perception of the internet in a way. And that three, or that was, is four. In general, I think you're pretty cool. I think you're a really good person. And I hope that you're able to heal mm. because at the end of the day, that's what we all want.
1: You know, that last one. I will ditto back to you. I think you're pretty cool, and I hope you can heal.
2: So I think with that being said, we'll say bye just for now. And I will say personally, thank you both so much for taking the time and energy that it takes to come on to this. I know how much energy it takes from both of you. Milana, this is a tremendous lift. And Onyx, this is a huge... Step into a territory that you've never done before. And so I think you both showed up in really incredible ways. And um, so from my perspective, I feel so grateful for the time that you have both given to me and now that you've given to each other. So I just want to say thank you. And um, we will all see each other on the internet.
1: Okay. Farewell. See you guys online. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Bye. Bye, guys. If you have an idea for a conversation for this show, head on over to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com and fill out the brief submission form. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a part of the TED Audio Collective. This episode was mixed by Vincent Cachione. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Philip Blackowl with a photo by Mindy Tucker. And this show is made by me, Dylan Marin. You can pre-order Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the book, by following the link in the description of this episode, or you can buy it wherever you buy books. Thank you so much for listening. And guess what? We are weekly now, so stay tuned next week for a brand new conversation. And until then, remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen.
0: Listen through these dark times, and it's hard
2: to take it, but we're going to make it through these dark times, make it through these dark times, make it through these dark times.